0: Hello, welcome to the episode of Flying High with Flutter. I'm your host, Alan Wyma. Today, I'm with David Chen, who is a student studying in U.S. Hello. So you guys at home know I'm in a new location. Uh, I'm currently visiting my parents after about three years of stuck in Hong Kong. So the connection over here is actually not that good compared to Hong Kong. So if you guys want good internet connection, check out Asia. Much better than U.S. and much cheaper <laughs> for internet connection. Um... Yeah, David, why don't you go ahead and get a quick, give a quick quick introduction about yourself? Please go ahead.
1: All right. Uh thank you, Alan. Uh my name is David. Um I'm currently a student. I'm in a California Poly, you know, Cal Poly. Uh it's, it's a state school uh located in San Luis Obispo. Um currently a third year. I'm currently interning at Adobe. Um I've been using Flutter for around 2 years, maybe 2 years and a little bit more. Um I've been working on an app called Rivals, I believe there's a link under underneath. But yeah, I, I'm very passionate about Flutter. I love Flutter, and I'm excited to talk about it today.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of interesting because we originally approached you about a post you had on Reddit about accessing the file system on Flutter. And, uh, you, but you want to talk about uh, desktop, which is fine. Um, why don't we talk a little bit more about kind of like your background? I think you said before we started the show that you actually mostly work with flutter on mobile is that right
1: yeah oh yeah um mostly i i just work on you know flutter mobile uh, since i was working on the app um, but i think flutter desktop has like huge potentials and um, i mean uh, obviously it's not you know like fully production ready yet even flutter team says it you know says it was stable but um i believe it has full it has like uh, a you know big potential of being like the d the platform d the cross-platform solution you know for desktop and mobile.
0: So you're saying the Flutter team says it's not production ready or something? Sorry, how did how did you say that?
1: I was saying uh the, the Flutter team says it's, it is production ready, you know, it, it was being merged as stable since 3.0. No,
0: but how stable do you actually feel it is though?
1: It's very not stable. <laughs> um, it's very not stable because uh, there are many issues, like smaller and bigger issues, there are bugs over the place. Uh, I feel like uh just even if you look at um like rich text editor, there is no official rich text editor out there like if you want to make anything that has like that has a text field like with you know some functionalities like bold italic and images, there is no official solution um there are some third party ones like none of it, none of them are stable, they all are buggy, some of them are abandoned um, and if you look at some other issues uh flutter desktop currently like in, in my experience it consumes a lot of energy uh I, I honestly have no idea like why exactly that that is the case maybe because of the render engine it has to like always render things at you know 60 frames a second
0: why would the render engine have a have a connection to this kind of problem though
1: um in my experience uh sometimes like when when you know flutter is trying to render an animation just like a button press you know the 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 ripple effect of a button, maybe like uh, page navigations. Um, Skia has to, I guess, like render all the frames and it has to like, you know, uh, call the build function every time. Um, and that compares to a, more of a native solution, maybe like, uh, like WinForm, QT, uh, compared to like those solutions, Flutter would consume more energy uh, and more just compute power.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, you you can never have like what they call a silver bullet, like something that works for every single solution,
1: right? But mm.
0: I mean, obviously, even with these bugs everywhere that you claim, I think you're still excited about it, nonetheless, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. I feel like the energy consumption thing that that is bearable. That that thing is like it's uh, it's, it's acceptable, uh, but there's some you know some things that are not really acceptable. Uh, if you're working with, let's say, a word processing application or some application that uh, application that you know requires word processing, there is no real solution for you. Um, and if you're working with, you know, like device interfaces like USB, uh, then Flutter Desktop is probably not, you know, the right tool for you. As of twenty twenty
0: two, yeah, I don't know if there's an easy way to do the USB part because I'm not too sure how each platform handles USB. It's a good question because Mm. I would figure they'd be slightly different. I don't know how, how USB actually works across. So it's something to take a look at, but yeah, for sure. I mean, you can always drop down into native code and just interface, right. If you really need to.
1: Yeah. um, I think uh, the plugin I I posted on Reddit, that was a link you you guys originally contacted me with. Um, That was the problem I ran into when I was uh, trying to make a file picker on iOS that picks, you know, um, that picks, you know, files from, let's say, on your iPhone or from your iCloud. And then if you have the location, if you have the path, and you try to list the, you know, list the files in that path, you're now, you're not allowed to because Apple does not allow you to uh, list paths in like places outside your sandbox, right? But, um, but there is an API that allows you to, there is an API, um, but you know Flutter doesn't support the API you know officially, so um, and I and I realized that oh yeah I have to list directories outside the the sandbox. Uh, the app I'm working with requires me to, so I, I I just figured you know I've never made a plugin before, let's try it let's try how hard it is, and turns out it was not it was not that hard because uh, I just followed examples and then built built you know wrote what I needed to write you know the Swift code. Um, and it was working. I was pretty surprised how easy it was.
0: How easy Swift is or how easy to build a plugin? I'm guessing probably the latter, right?
1: Well, um, yeah, Swift itself is like not easy per se, uh, but like building a plugin um, is a lot easier than I thought.
0: The funny thing is actually uh, with the new null safety, I think Swift is very similar to Dart now, where you have like the question mark option. Yeah, optional, I agree. Right? So I feel it's quite similar uh, nowadays.
1: Yeah, personally, I don't like uh, Swift that much. Uh, my my work currently is in Swift and there are some like annoying things to deal with. Like, you know, because Swift uses uh, Arc, you know, automatic reference counting. So you have to deal with, you know, weak variables, um, strong links. Um, so it, it is, you know, a little, it's more complicated than Dart, but the null safety layer is similar.
0: Or really, Swift actually keeps the, the ARC from Objective-C days, then you're saying? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I guess it makes sense. I do remember the this. I remember I started learning iOS before there was ARC. Or no, sorry, there was ARC, but only for desktop. There was no ARC for iOS at the time. Now they have it. So, yeah, so maybe I'm, old, I'm very old school, I guess. So ARC <laughs> for you guys at home who don't know is Automatic Reference Counting. Uh, there's different there's different ways to garbage collect within uh, programming languages. And um, I think the way most people do it is probably mark and sweep, something like that, where it's like it kind of like stops everything and takes a look to see if there's any references and then removes it if there's none. Uh, the way arc or reference counting works is that you always add one for every time you're using it. And then if you don't use it, you minus one. And when the count hits zero, then it gets cleaned up, something like that.
1: Yeah, the problem hits when you got, you got a cycle of links between objects. And now the GC doesn't know when to collect those, you know, in their, in their linked objects, but they're really supposed to be garbage collected. So if you indicate a variable being, being the weak variable, then the link is weak and then when the garbage collector sees a cycle with a weak link, it will collect the entire, you know, set of objects.
0: Yeah, maybe it's easier for you, but like I always never really understood strong and weak. Can you talk about that for a second? Because the only thing I remember is like, when, I think when you when you connect interface builder to your code, then you would say it's weak. That's the only thing I can kind of remember from weak and strong. I don't really understand weak and strong. Do you mind to talk about that for a second?
1: Oh yeah, uh, my understanding is that so for weak variables, it has to be nullable, because the garbage collector you could, the garbage collector might you know just collect it. But if you indicate a link is strong. Then um, you can make it um, just not null, and the garbage collector just won't touch it. Uh, mostly, when you connect, you know, some UI element from you know the Story Builder, uh, it will make it a weak variable because the 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 page changes all the time.
0: Yeah, it's hard to put this into my mind because I think this is the only programming language that comes to my mind that I don't have to go go into it, which has strong and weak, and I have to think about it. Oh, I'm so happy we have Dart. It just feels so much yeah. easier compared to to strong and weekly type things and reference scouting,
1: yeah, totally.
0: but you said your 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 day to day work at, at Adobe is actually in Swift. Is that what you said?
1: Yes, um I mostly just work in Swift. I do have to you know write maybe Python um some of the times, but mostly just Swift. Um, I currently work in um, like I, I I don't know if i, I if I can talk you know, too much about it, but just like automated testing. And um, sort of like make sure, making sure, uh, like just kind of automate the test process. With um, they they run a you know at Adobe we use uh, Jenkins a lot, and you know we try to put a lot of tasks on on those CIs you know because we own those machines, well they own those machines I don't own those machines. <laughs>
0: Did you learn Swift first, or did you learn Dart first? Like, which one kind of came first in your your learning?
1: Yeah, uh, I I learned Swift first. I I never learned Objective C because to me Objective C just seemed way too hard. Uh, but then you know uh, after learning Swift and learning C, Objective C seems a lot easier. Uh, it, it, the syntax initially you know scared me off. Um, you know I, I feel like I still have a very shallow understanding of Swift, and all, like there has a, there there was there's a lot of language features I, I definitely don't know. Um, and then I picked up Dart after Swift, but I feel like I definitely like Dart a lot more.
0: Now, like, did you pick up Dart only because of Flutter?
1: Yeah. Uh, when I was trying to make the, uh, the app, I, uh, the, the Rivals app, uh, I wanted to sort of, you know, because I back then I, we were a two-people team, and two person team (laughs) and we we don't have the manpower to you know make an iphone version and android version just seemed too much work um we looked into different solutions like xamarin like react native ionic um but um none of those like all they they all have like their own problems sort of so eventually you know we just found flutter
0: Wait, when you say we, like, maybe we can kind of talk about this at the beginning, right? Because there's a reason why you guys went for Flutter. Mm-hmm. Is it because cross-platform? Is that what kind of came to your mind?
1: Yeah, uh, we don't want to just maintain two separate apps. Especially we're not really familiar with the Android development side, uh, you know, part, the Android side. Uh, so I feel like uh, we, we'd really like a solution that just covers, if, if we wrote, you know, 90% the code, like, in this this framework language. And it will cover just both platforms, and we don't have to worry about the specific parts. And further, really suited our needs. Uh, we, we looked at React Native uh, because you know we, all, we both know JavaScript, and uh, React Native, Native seemed like really promising. Uh, even though people people said things about how buggy their debuggers are or their um, you know their runner, uh, runner is. But one of the things that kind of scared us away was that apparently you know widgets or components are represented differently on different platforms and what we really wanted is this unified look that that is like the guarantee that like if we write code this way it will run the same on different platforms on the two different platforms instead of like using the native components
0: yeah, that's definitely something I've I've heard a lot about, and so many companies have actually saved money because of this. You know, because it's always like, okay, you have a problem with the app. Okay, what version? What version are you using? And also Oh yeah. What plat- platform? Are you using too? Which is another big thing. Yeah. Okay, so um, when you guys took a look at Flutter, like, what was like your guys' first thoughts actually?
1: And the first thought is that they, they had a pretty website, <laughs> and that usually gives like half of the story. They they had a um, decent looking thing, they have like, they look, it looks like they have good commuting support. It looks like they, um, it, it looks like the product is pretty stable. Um, and then we tried the demo, and it works out of the box, you know, like without looking on Stack Overflow, just like you install it, and it, it actually works. And that, you know, really encourages us because I, I remember when the, the first time I tried React Native, there was some issue. Um, and then I couldn't get it to work the first time. I have to like look up what went wrong and then read the error messages. Um, but yeah uh at first, it was hard to wrap my mind around the everything is a widget part it just widget inside the widget inside the widget thing. Um, what really helped me the most are is the 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 flutter widget of the week videos like those videos helped me understood like. I guess, like the framework of how Flutter really works. You you have different things, like different widgets, each widget doing just one specific thing and it does it well. Sort of like the Unix philosophy. It just like each widget, you have so many built-in widgets and you can also build, build your own widgets. Your own widgets can include more widgets. That's a really cool idea, but it is, I guess, a really foreign idea to me.
0: Yeah, like I think for me, it's kind of weird that you would take widgets and combine together to make more, more widgets. It just seems like they should be slower, right? Because you're just adding more widgets, but still super fast.
1: Yeah, it's insanely fast. I never really hit any performance bottleneck just with the widgets. Yeah,
0: I had, I had a couple before, but um, they're not too bad. To be honest, Like you can still get pretty decent uh, performance even if you're not have the most performant code. Uh, what, I, what I wanted to say was... Um, so this, all of this kind of initial flutter work is all for that Rivals app, right? Mm. And that app is only for iOS and Android at the moment?
1: Yes. I feel like uh, if we were to like, try to make it you know, be more open to other platforms, we could. Uh, but at some point, you know, we, we just start to depend on too many plugins that are just Android and iOS. And at that point, it's too, too hard to go back. And it make, makes sense for that app specifically to only work on mobile.
0: Yeah, because that one connects to specific trackers, right?
1: Yeah, uh, well, it, currently it doesn't, but we definitely plan to like connect to trackers. Um, but I think it it requires. Uh, it's, it depends on Firebase. Um, it depends on uh, some other services that you know just are mobile only. Uh, Firebase used to kind of be only mobile, and then after I think in in Invertase, I don't know how to pronounce like their the team's name like. They like kind of freelanced over Google Firebase, and then they they took Firebase, they they kind of revamped it. They added a bunch of platform supports, so and now now it's like more you know available on other platforms.
0: So you got you got the app going right. Uh, as as I think I said before the show enough. You if you heard me okay because my connection wasn't too good at the time. I've actually done a very similar I've done a very similar app to what you did where we actually take oh, fitness tracking data. Yeah, so we, we hook up to Strava, we hook up to um, Apple Health and we also hook up to Google Fit. Depending on what kind of device you have. And we actually pull that data in and we sync it together and we have leaderboards also. So it's kind of interesting. Like at a high level it looked about the same. Yeah, exactly. It looked about the same. So it's always kinda of funny that we did something very similar.
1: Oh, yeah. How, how did that one go?
0: Uh, we learned a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I think, as you know, also doing this app, you sometimes actually have to get dig into the native code, right? Because mm. fitness tracking, it's not really a plugin that works across all platforms. It just doesn't work like that. Like iOS has their own funky stuff. People can always say no to you. You cannot f- always force the iOS app to ask again. You, and you can – it's kind of weird because what I think – if I remember correctly for iOS, you can ask them once for fitness data. And the second time you ask, even though they've – so because they've answered before, it'll – like it, it still will act like you did ask again. And, you know, I forgot what the trick was, but there was some really weird trick where it's like if they said no, you could never ask them again. Or you wouldn't like – like it, I think I think what it was, if I remember correctly, this has been a while, Right. I think the way it worked was like you can ask them and if they say no, it'll come back as a no. But if you ask again it's going to say yes because you've already asked before. So it's very weird like behavior. I'm I'm trying to remember so I may get this one wrong and things may have changed since I've looked at this issue before. But that's what I remember at this time. And so like the only way that we could be sure is if we tried to pull data, and there was no data there after a reasonable amount of time, then we would know that we don't have permission, because that's wow. the way iOS worked. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, there's a couple of a- there's a couple of um, plugins on pub.dev that actually deal with this. Like I think it's Health. I think is the one I was looking at before. That one will pull Google Fit data and also Apple Health data. Okay. If you, I don't know if you ever worked with that one. Like did you, did you build everything from scratch or did you use another plugin for that?
1: We didn't, we haven't like uh, implemented any health tracking in, in it. We, we currently just do like, you know, user reporting as of like now. Uh, we do plan to like, that. that's like, really good information to know like how uh, that, the, the trouble you went through. Um, we do plan to like add, you know, fitness tracking data, but like, it sounds like a big project and just like working with all the, you know, different perks of different, you know, platforms.
0: Wait, so how does your app work? Is that you ask them and then they just input the data by hand?
1: Oh, yeah. So pretty much uh, we don't really focus on, like, the actual, like, uh, the the specific in the data too much. We focus on, like, whether if they, you know, did the thing that they were committed to do. Let's say, like, if if they were committing to do, um, let's say, run for uh, two weeks, like, run every day. Um, and then the, the point is to try to like find friends to, you know, to improve, like to, to have your friends to make you do it because usually like the, the social aspect uh, keeps you, you know, from keeps you to, to do what you were committed to do. Um, so you would check in sort of like you, you would check in maybe with a picture, maybe with some text and you would check in and you you can see your friends checking, you know, when your friends check in. And uh, you'll hopefully you'll, you know, build habits from doing this. So we don't currently do like any fitness tracking for now, but we definitely want to do fitness tracking. But from what you said, it seems like a difficult thing.
0: Yeah, a little bit difficult, but as long as you know the tricks, you should be okay. I think iOS is probably the biggest pain.
1: Ah, I see.
0: Android's not too bad. Like I said, there's actually already quite a few plugins that actually do what what I told you, which is that. If you're on iOS, it's going to default to health. If you're on Android, it's going to default to Google Fit. The other thing you have to take a look at is um, not every device will have Google Fit. Or, like, sorry, we'll have... Not Google Fit. Actually, not Google Fit. So, uh, not every device is going to have um, Google services.
1: Oh, that's going to be difficult. If you're working, like, uh, apps in China. You're
0: you're from China, right? Yeah, you're from China, right? So, you're going to have to deal with that. So... One thing you can try to take a look at is hooking into Samsung Health, which for the past five years, when I'm looking at it, they, they haven't actually opened up for developers yet. You have to apply, but they clo- they, they closed the application for the last five years. Something crazy wow. like that. And so we were never actually able to apply. And um,
1: so, so how do you deal with that problem, like just not having Google services in China?
0: um what well we actually most of our client sorry most of the people who are so it's my client most of his customers uh are actually outside of china um Mm. but of course of course there's some people because we're based out of hong kong right so of course there's some mainland chinese who come to uh, hong kong um what we also set up for android only which is uh, their own custom step tracker Mm. so there's also a step tracking plugin that we hooked into so if you're on Android, we could say, okay, do you want to use Google Fit or do you want to use our step tracker? Okay. If you have a step tracker on, we actually have to we have to turn on the background and count the steps and everything like that, and it's not as reliable.
1: I see. Do you um are, are you currently working with a uh, with a a client currently in China?
0: Uh, not for that app. So, but uh, yeah, there's yeah I know there, there's ways around it for like other things too, like the what do you call that, the push messages and push notification, things like that. Just all kinds of stuff. But I don't want to talk about, we're talking about, this is this is not what the topic's about, right? But <laughs> um, but what I do want to talk about is, like, you spent so much time on this app. I mean, what got you looking at Flutter Desktop now?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, there are a few things that I, I want to um, just look, look at Flutter Desktop for. Uh, one is that Flutter Desktop is really fast in terms of compiling. Um, so you can like really run your app, you know, run, run the app in the desktop version, but really just like release it as mobile, but you debug it with, um, with desktop because everything works like hot reload, hot restart works. Um, everything works like the UI looks the same. You even have the perks of just trying out different screen sizes, just by, you know, dragging the window sizes, you know, changing the window sizes. Um, and mostly things work just the same, mostly. Mostly, uh, especially when you're on Mac, uh, things work very similar because uh, you, you're working with Xcode, you're working with Cocoa Pods. Um, you have mostly the same environment. Um, sometimes, like storage, could work a little bit differently on iOS. Uh, you have like more, you have stricter permissions. Uh, but I feel like f- just by using Flutter Desktop, like to debug, is very it's very efficient. It's more efficient than just using a simulator or an emulator or whatever that's called. (laughs) Um, The other reason is that I'm currently also working on another uh, app. This is more of a personal, I guess, hobby project, um, like very personal hobby project. Uh, Rivals is also a personal hobby project, I guess. Um, But um, the new app I'm working on is sort of a Google Drive alternative, because, you know, I I mentioned I was in China uh, I I lived in China. Currently I'm in the US, but um, I, I would go back to China. And when I go back to China, there are no Google services. As you mentioned, um, Google Drive doesn't work, uh, none of Google stuff works, none of YouTube stuff a lot of things just stopped working. And it actually like we don't we kinda take those things for granted, but you know, like when we when when I go back it, it's very difficult to get used to because there's so many services that I, I just don't have access to anymore. And I want to, like, kind of sort of retain some of those services. Um, You could use a VPN, but it doesn't work all the times. So I'm currently trying to build a Google Drive alternative. It's sort of a self-hosted Google Drive service. And I have it, uh, and I'm trying to make this app in Flutter that uh, works on all platforms. Uh, So that's kind of my reason of why I'm looking into Flutter Desktop.
0: That's a super big endeavor, right? Uh, maybe we can kind of roll back a little bit. Uh, what I'm aware of is that there seems to be a lot of complementary – would I say complementary? I think complementary is the right word. Maybe you, maybe English is better than mine. Uh, but basically, like, like you know, we have Google Drive out here, right? Mm-hmm. But there has to be something similar in, in China, right? Oh, yeah. And there's Baidu, right? Baidu must have something similar because Baidu is basically – the Chinese Google, right? So they they, they have a Baidu Drive or something like that.
1: Yes, uh, that one works definitely. Uh, There's some issues that current uh, that that kind of bugs me. It stops me from using it. Uh, one is that the speed is limited. You have to you have to pay, and you actually you actually have to pay a lot uh, to have the full download speed. Um, the other thing is that um, like you know, it, it's, it's government issue. It's government, um, by the way. you know, sort of is, it uh, has a government behind. Uh, so you don't want to store all the files on, on there. Um, I mean, it, it, you can argue that it's same for Google as well. Google is, you know, not your, your own thing. It's, it's Google. They, they can see your stuff, but, um, it's generally, I guess, more open. Um, but I do think, you know, it, it If I, if I have this uh, Google Drive alternative that fully just, it's fully functional, just works just like Google Drive, um, but, but you can self-host it, then it it could be just really convenient for personal use. And also it could potentially be expanded to to a business model where you can host your own file and enjoy like the perks of, uh, you know, Google Drive folder.
0: Uh, sorry, before I forget, Tony Thomas, a big fan of the show, asked us a question about China. Okay. Yes, if I use fire, if I use Firebase, will the app work in China?
1: Oh yeah, uh, it depends on what services you are using. Um, most services don't work. Uh, Google or Firebase hosting works some of the times, depending on the area, because China, um, the internet services are de- divided by two big service providers. Uh, I, I believe one service provider supports or at least currently, you know, Firebase hosting works with that service provider. So it depends on which area you live. But unfortunately, most of the services don't work. So um, uh, storage doesn't work. Um, Firebase doesn't work. Real-time database doesn't work. Uh, just just most services don't work. That's really unfortunate.
0: So, but you said some services do work right? So which services do work
1: that... Uh, push push notification works. Um, Firebase Hosting you know, I mentioned that 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 works some of the times, but it's really slow. You definitely want to look for local service providers for that one. But uh, you can still very well use um Firebase uh, Cloud Messaging. Is that what it what it's called? You know, push notification.
0: Yeah, FCM. Yeah. Well, it's good to hear because like I do remember I was in China for a while. I did a native app. And I think we used, oh, I forgot the name. Um, there was another service, a Spark or something. I forgot the name of it.
1: Uh, for push notifications.
0: Yeah, there was another one. Um, this is before FCM, right? So I feel like I'm really old because I, I think you you don't even know what is FCM. What do you don't know? you don't even know what is before FCM, right? So. Um,
1: I think somebody bought Firebase
0: or GCM or something. Yeah, yeah. No, Google bought Firebase. Um,
1: was it? What was it? Was it called Parse?
0: Yeah, Parse. That's the one. Oh, Parse. So, Parse was the only one you could do, and you could either run it yourself. I think at the time, for sure, later you can run it yourself because you run it yourself now, or you can go through them. So originally, we actually had everything going through Parse. So if you had an Android app, we would use Parse because GCM was actually blocked, which was before FCM. I think it was called GCM, Google Cloud Messaging. Uh, yeah. So wow, it's been a while since I've done this kind of stuff. <laughs>
1: Yeah, push notification is definitely a pain.
0: I'm happy to hear that FCM is working, right? You can confirm that? Because of what I remember that is that there was something else.
1: Yeah, totally. When I go back to China, Rival's um, just push notification part it still works. Okay, uh, okay. sorry, I, I correct myself. It works on iOS. I don't know about Android. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, at least it works on iOS because I, I don't use an Android phone. Uh, but I believe if you have Google services enabled, enable Android phone, it probably works. I don't know about if you don't have Google services enabled um, on your phone.
0: Okay. I'm pretty sure it doesn't work, but I might be wrong. Um, but let's say it doesn't work. I think the backup would be, uh, who is it? Who is the big phone company in China now?
1: Uh, Xiaomi, Huawei.
0: Yeah, Huawei. I believe Huawei has some kind of service that you can piggyback onto. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this is just some tips for you guys. If you guys are looking to get into the China market, I think Huawei is the one to look at in case you need something like FCM in China. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Let's go back to our desktop. Oh, can off the trail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This, well, I I think a lot of people are interested in China and how everything kind of works because it is a totally different mm-hmm. place compared to most other parts of the world. Um. Okay. So, so, yeah. Playing with Flutter Desktop, uh, yeah, I agree, right? You can easily slide the window around. Mm -hmm. And you can do stuff like this for web, but two things. Web, I think, is totally different in terms of how everything works. And for sure, hot code reload does not work in web.
1: Mm, Yeah, no, it doesn't work. That is very unfortunate. And also, Flutter Web is still very, very, very not stable. For me, it crashes a lot. Like, as soon as you put some graphic-intensive stuff on it, it just crashes. Like, constantly. Especially on mobile. Like, Safari just doesn't handle it well. And it it gets your phone really hot for some reason. Maybe I'm just doing it wrong. I don't even know. It's just a huge load of JavaScript. I, I don't know.
0: I would not be surprised because, I mean, it's super intensive. But at the same time, I think if you don't change the way things work, it should be less intensive on your phone because... Depending upon what kind of browser you're using, you get different kind of styling, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think by default is that HTML render on on uh, mobile, and then the Canvas Kit or the WebAssembly one on desktop.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, that's correct. Um, but for sure, like uh, actually, you're not the first one to talk about in terms of like it's better to work on desktop. One of our other guests also recommended the same as a tip to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I also think so too. Uh, but there's some problems that you run into, right? Right, yeah. So because Flutter is cross-platform, doesn't actually make it truly cross-platform, do you mind to talk about some of the issues that you run into while trying to go this route?
1: Yeah. Uh, so first of all, just some like, you know, pods issues, like pod issues, like dependency conflict, like things don't work, just like some, whatever, like you might just have forgotten to, to like, like clean your derived data um, on Xcode and just, just some magical things I I don't understand. That doesn't work. That's one part, and the other part is some just plugins that you're using. You know, don't support uh desktop, and there are lots of them. For example, a lot of Firebase plugins uh used to not support desktop. I think right now a lot of them are at least beta on macOS desktop, but a lot still aren't. And a lot of things you just can't really test on desktop, like push notifications. Like you, you just can't really test on desktop. Um, another thing that works a little bit differently uh, is, um, is storage. So, uh, for us, we use hive. Um, I, I really like hive, um, and it, it has been working pretty well, but it works slightly different on desktop. It, you know, it has to store its files somewhere. Right. And f- for me, like just for me, um, like sometimes like desktop hive gets like a little bit funky, like the behavior is a little bit different. Like when you try to like clear all data, um, like on mobile, sometimes it would not clear and sometimes, uh, I don't know, I, I, I wouldn't say I really understand what's going on. Um, I just like, I I would just give the recommendation of like being like, uh, careful, like when you want to just go fully on desktop, like you always make sure that the app still works on mobile, like every, like. You know, take small steps and uh, before you make, you, you write a lot of code. Uh, just make sure, oh, it still works on your simulator or still works on your phone.
0: Yeah, so no matter what, always test on the real device at some point, right?
1: Yeah, the other thing is that sometimes when you work on desktop too much, you, you get you get carried away. Like, you, you forget about, oh, like, you're supposed to really work on mobile. Like, uh, there's a lot of things, like, you don't, you, you, you'd be like, oh, the the keyboard is supposed to pop up at this point. But like I, I made the screen to not really support, you know, more screen real estate, right? Like, or, or sometimes you you kind of assume like behaviors on desktop um, that doesn't exist on mobile, or or you forget about like mobile behaviors. Like for example, like on text field, like when, when the user is done with a text field, um, like what what is the text field action button? Or, you know, you forget about like small details that uh, desktop wouldn't require you to remember.
0: Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, the, and I mean also too. Yes, you can test nearly everything, but there's definitely some things you cannot test, right? Like double tapping or something, or swiping. I mean, you can kind of. I think you can kind of do them, but at the same time, they're not so natural. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there must be more things like three finger touch. I guess would be something, right? There's some like extra touches that I don't think you can necessarily try um yeah what else was i gonna say but yeah 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 there's definitely a lot of things but there's still a lot of things that you can can definitely do i think the biggest benefit is like you talked about before it's like checking screen sizes and making sure things render properly it's just so much faster on desktop
1: yeah yeah totally and if you're like on on your if you're traveling just compiling on desktop saves a lot of battery if that's another plus because uh, otherwise, you have to have your simulator open all the time, and that that's a big battery killer.
0: A big battery killer for your...
1: Oh, for your laptop. Sorry, <laughs> for your laptop. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh. yeah. Actually, this is one of the few times I'm actually on a laptop. I really don't like laptops. I like desktop much more, <laughs> to be honest. So at my office, I have an iMac Pro set up. I want to get a Mac Pro, but now it's, you know, if I buy it now, it's probably too old now.
1: You probably want a Mac Studio, maybe.
0: I do have a Mac Studio for something.
1: Uh, it's pretty okay,
0: actually. So, But I think the next thing is I probably have to get myself a Mac Pro because I really love the desktop. I hate moving around. I, I want to sit down at a desk. I don't know about you. I feel like kids younger <laughs> than me, like you, you like to lay on the couch and code, but I cannot focus like that. I have to sit at a desk like a rigid.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you probably want to like, wait for the, the, uh, the Apple Silicon Mac Pros if you want to get those.
0: Yeah, that's something I'm taking a look at, but let's let's see what happens. Um, that's another thing to talk about too, right? Have you actually? I don't think I've tried this yet. So I have a couple of um, M1s at at my work. I haven't worked, played with it extensively, but have you tried to play any of these like Mac apps on an M1 yet?
1: Yeah. Um, so M1 works a lot faster, like extraordinarily faster. Like compiling f- further apps, it's like so much faster. Um. I remember, like probably, like uh, a while ago, there there used to be a lot of bugs um, on Flutter on like Flutter on M one, but now it's um, now it's a lot better. Now you have like uh, now I've, I've, like Flutter ships with um, universal binary by default, and and that is the you know the binary that includes both x a v six and arm.
0: What I'm kind of curious about is like if you load like a native app from iOS onto your M1, right? So we're talking about Flutter Desktop. If you run an M1 app, like, a, sorry, a iOS app on your M1 computer, like, is can you actually tell that there's a big difference? Because, I mean, you are going to be expecting some different types of inputs for some things at least, right?
1: Oh, actually, what happens is that the app wouldn't run uh, for some reason. It would crash. I have no idea why. And I tried other apps. It was so so crash. Like, the HBO app crashes. If you try to run the HBO apps on on M one, uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe there there is some like like iOS functionality that it requires um, like maybe a subscription. I don't know. Um, but if you're working on with a Flutter app and you try to run your Flutter iOS app on M one uh, and it crashes, it's really hard to tell like why uh, because you're you're sort of you know you're sort of working with Dart and then you have no idea what what's going on on the native side. And I feel like that, that's definitely going to be hard to debug.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm just kind of curious about like, what is the experience if I run like a native iOS app on my M1 compared to if I, an, uh, if I run like a desktop version of my mobile app onto there? Like do you you know, like, is there a big difference or how do you, like, what do you feel?
1: Yeah. I, I personally don't, I don't have any experience because the, um, Oh, or do you mean like running it, running running the iOS app, like iOS Flutter app and Flutter desktop, like if you compi- compile it to Flutter desktop?
0: Let's compare running a Flutter desktop app for, for Mac desktop versus an iOS app on an M1. Like, I'm just kind of curious about the two, right?
1: Oh, I see. I see.
0: Is there like a big difference that you can feel or no? Like, I, cause I, I've never tried it before. I'm just kind of curious. Right. Because right now, like basically Flutter is known to be really great at like making mobile apps. Right. But if I made an app for okay, my computer and I ran an iOS native one, like, I'm just kind of curious, like, is there a big difference? Does it run better on iOS only or?
1: Um, I feel like it runs like really well just on, on both platforms. Um, if, if you were to like run, run your Flutter app on um, on M1 on just Mac. Like things work really, really good because it's, it's essentially just a beefier iOS, a beefier iPhone chip, right? It, like the, the chip essentially is the same as RMB, 8. Um, and then like you, you get some weird interactivity things. Like for example, like sometimes um, like text field copy and paste doesn't work too well. Um, text selection doesn't feel really native. Um, sometimes the cursor disappears. Sometimes, like, the text field will flicker. Um, it doesn't work too well with um, with Chinese input or with any, you know, like, input methods. Um, and sometimes Chinese text doesn't appear really good. Um, there's some, like, small things like this that kind of takes you off. <laughs>
0: uh, For Flutter Desktop, you're saying?
1: Yeah, Flutter desktop.
0: Really? Because I remember that they didn't want to release Flutter desktop until this stuff was straight. Like at least for the for Chinese input, because you and I both know that China is really into Flutter compared to other countries. I think.
1: Yeah, I believe China is really into Flutter, but only mobile, not desktop.
0: I remember Chris Hill was talking about this in particular. That hey we're not going to say it's ready until like these things are done. And one of them was actually about foreign input or, or sorry, when I say foreign, I mean like non Latin based letter input, AKA Chinese, Japanese, Korean, that these things are going to render fine. And I thought they checked the box on that one already, but you're telling me it's actually not quite a hundred percent yet.
1: I don't think it's really stable. Just from my experience, sometimes uh, I'm not sure if you worked with a, uh, like a you know non Latin input before, but when you're typing, the input box is supposed to show just right next to your cursor, right, ne- right next right to your your beam. But then sometimes it wouldn't show it, you know, right next to the beam. Sometimes it will show it on the bottom of the screen. Just like some, it, it would work. Like, you can make it work, but it's just not the best experience. Sometimes it is a little, like, buggy. It definitely, like, you can definitely tell that it is not a native app. It's not a native Mac app. Like you can you can definitely tell that oh it's it's made by Flutter, um and speaking of the the Chinese community I um I had like some experience or or some insights on this and I, I thought it would be interesting to share, um on on a on a Chinese like uh Flutter community, uh, because I, I would you know go to forums uh, I'm I'm pres- I'm Chinese and then I, I speak Chinese and, uh, there there's some companies that use Flutter a lot like Alibaba. Um, they use Flutter a lot. They they have like the app, uh, Xianyu. That that's their app for for you know second hand trading, and it's completely in Flutter. Um, and it I, I tried it out. It it works really well. It works you know it, it at least for me it works pretty well. It, the the animations are pretty smooth. Um, it it feels you know it feels pretty smooth, but the general like Chinese development community developer community, uh, it's not really like all the way. To like, you know, for Flutter yet. Like, a lot of people really didn't like Flutter. Um, A lot of people just, you know, don't believe in Flutter. And uh, like, they probably, I don't know, like, I feel like even for here in America, like, a lot of people don't like Flutter. (laughs) Uh, It's really interesting how, like, for, at least for iOS development or Android development, you have people that Sort of like okay with them, but they don't they don't hate iOS or they don't hate Android development. But many people in China they they really dislike Flutter, um, and I think the reason behind it is that it, you know uh, it's like Flutter is this like technology that they, they had like previously they had bad experience with, and then um, they they hear about people having bad experience with, and then they, but they. They they just don't you know try it again, but but I think uh, like still Flutter like still has a lot of things that that give people bad experience like the the input thing input method thing uh, we mentioned, but uh, I believe like Flutter team right now the Flutter team needs to really like stop and really like focus on like fixing the small things like quality of life things instead of really trying to push all the platforms out they they. I feel like they had a really immature uh push on the further web. It's still not, you know, production ready yet, at least in my opinion, <laughs> I feel like. And I, I really think further desktop is not really production ready, even though it's, they say it's, it's stable.
0: Yeah, I guess it depends on how you call something production ready, right? I think that's something that I don't know if I've ever seen some kind of criteria list that said, hey, you know, like these are the things that have to be done. I mean, nothing is ever really truly done, right? I mean, if that's the truth, then I think most companies, like, there would never be another developer working on Windows again, right? Like, there's always ways to improve, bugs to fix, et cetera. So Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what it means by that, but I forgot the wording that Chris Sales talked to me about, but something like, you know they need to stand by it or something uh, that they that they think you know it's it's ready I, I forgot but i think it's good to hear about you know what does it mean to be production ready um yeah so and i'm a little bit surprised that you're you're saying that the chinese is not quite correct or, or the way it renders is not correct i feel really a little bit shocked uh, i haven't played too much with it i've been lucky that i haven't had this work with the chinese too much um <laughs> but i think that's gonna i didn't say you know like I should be pretty soon, but it just happens most of my clients are outside of Hong Kong. So it's been something that's not important. Um, but yeah, I think with, with the mass amount of people in China working with Flutter, it should be important. If they don't grab that China market now, it's going to be like never. You know, that. It, yeah. once it catches on, everybody's doing it.
1: Yeah. It's so interesting how like Flutter is supposed to, I guess, like compete with React Native now. Because I, I saw a Reddit post saying, like, oh, Flutter is now more popular than React Native. But if you look at the jobs, uh, there are barely any Flutter jobs, at least in the U.S. in in other places, there there are more. Uh, but still, like, Flutter is, like, nowhere as popular as React Native.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. And also, React Native can also actually work on desktop, too, which I thought was a little bit surprising. There's some desktop to it. Okay, um, but you're working with Flutter Desktop right now, right? Um, is there anything that's actually stopping you from moving forward, or actually you found methods or ways around some of the issues with Flutter Desktop for your, your new project?
1: Oh, yeah, uh, most of them I, I found, uh, it, or I found ways around it. And um, like, there is one issue that's currently bugging me is that the, it's the lack of um, a rich text editor. And that currently that, that is the current you know, blocker for me uh and I, I would love to hear about any like um rich text editing solutions out there i i've you know i've joined like i've joined all the the discord channels for all these like <laughs> rich text editing communities so, okay there there's like visual editor because I, I think this is by this uh new company or whatever called visual space they're working on this like social article thing sort of like media I, I'm, I'm not really familiar with that platform but they um forked Feather quail and they're currently working on that but it's still kind of buggy and they're a super editor and i feel like that's that 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 they have a youtube channel they, they're like working on uh i think they got featured on Feather or they got featured by Feather, um or whatever it's called super list and they had this thing called super editor it's also on pub.dev um, and obviously, you have Flutter Quail, you have Flutter Markdown, editor, but none of them are stable, and they're they, they are all pretty buggy. And it is really unfortunate to kind of run into this situation, I feel like. Um, and for me, I, I don't see a workaround. I, I don't see myself building a rich text editor myself, and I would have to maybe sacrifice some functionalities.
0: Yeah, the only one I know that's super editable is that Super Editor. Matt has been on here quite a few times to talk about Super Editor. We also had Super List on here previously, so I think um, that may be your best bet. But I haven't played with it too much. I just know that it does seem pretty good. Like the videos I've seen of examples, they look pretty nice. But it depends on what you need to do, I guess. Then you know what's lacking or good or not good for you.
1: Yeah, it it, it does it it does look really promising. I I heard him. In... I saw a few of his like you know talks. Um, it, it, like he he talks a lot a, a lot about you know, like when we're using an editor, we take a lot for granted, like the text editing motions, how things work differently, you know on different platforms. There's a lot to actually unpack on on like making the editor this extraordinarily difficult task. and I, I really respect him for taking the you know taking the difficult task. But but definitely it's a, it's a difficult thing to like to get it right, you know. I I think like the Flutter team just needs to like work on this. <laughs> I know like we're using like uh like open source software like free software like we're we're like bugging or I'm like bugging the Flutter team, you know, like please make this. But then I'm like using their software for free. I'm not even paying anything. You
0: know, there's so many things to do and so many things I think that we don't even know about that. It's hard for me to say, hey, you know, Flutter Team is to do this, Flutter Team is to do that. The Flutter Team is extremely small, I think, for what uh, what kind of product that they have. I think it's not proportional. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I don't know, maybe this is something that the community should, should pick up. Yeah. And then hand it off to them once we have something that's solid, which is what they've kind of been doing. I mean, they took over a couple of things already, but uh, I mean... I don't know what, what their prerogative and what their priority is these days, but I don't think this making an editor is something that's super high up on their list, it seems, because most apps don't necessarily have that kind of – have that or even need that kind of functionality. Just enter text and that's it, and then you can already have that out of the box, right? So a rich text editor, I think, is quite specialized for compared to other things. Mm. We, we did have a question from the audience. They're asked They're kind of curious about how old are you because they say that you seem super smart.
1: <laughs> oh thank you I, I i really appreciate it i i, I it, it just it, it, like it, i i have no idea what you know the things i'm actually talking about like when i'm talking about things i'd be like just i the stuff i saw from brother and stuff and if you say those words in the right order it makes me look smarter than i, I actually am but uh I, i'm 20 year, 22 years old
0: <laughs> yeah actually i i know what you mean um sorry to kind of always overshadow you or whatever but Um, (laughs) like, I like actually what actually happens to me a lot of times is like I run into a problem, I work on it for hours until I fix it, and then one of my employees around me has the same problem. And I just go to his computer. I spend about 20 seconds. I fix it. <laughs> He's like, whoa, whoa, how did you figure it out? I'm like, dude, I didn't figure it out. I spent like five hours on this thing before. <laughs> I'm not going to forget what the solution is because I spent five hours on it. I know what the solution is. I've done oh, this. Oh, I get you. Wow. I'm not smart. I just remember what the solution is. <laughs> so I understand your science. Like, hey, I read this online, so I know the answer. Like, it's not like I'm super smart. It's just I read so much for so long.
1: Yeah, uh, I I always like read like uh Flutter Reddit, and I don't know, I I just like really, I'm just really passionate about Flutter. I don't even know why it, it it just seems a really appealing, you know, framework to me. I guess people all have like favorite frameworks. There, are, uh, people have like you know, people love Angular, people love different, people love React Native, uh, people love Flutter.
0: I don't know if I actually love React Native. I mean, I met there's some people who do, right? But I think majority of people, especially if you're in Flutter, usually you don't love React Native. You left it for a reason, Mm, if you ever actually tried it. My big thing about React Native was like, okay, upgrade this one package, and then everything was broken. And I'm like, fuck, I don't want to deal with this shit right now. (laughs) That was me.
1: Yeah, web development is a whole, like, black hole to get into. There's so much stuff. And there's so much, like, nobody has the right way of doing it. And then everybody, or, like, people just, people spend 20 years like trying different ways to solve the same problem and then people are going to like oh we should put everything on this client and then people go back like we should do server rendering and now people are going back oh people, we should do client side rendering um, It's like a, it seems to me like an infinite loop
0: okay I think we're about to actually run out of time um, is there anything that you wanted people to know about uh, Flutter Desktop that maybe some tips or tricks because you've ran into a lot of the issues already right
1: um, yeah uh, I feel like some things that maybe like can save people time is that, uh, like if you ever work with a desktop, like start with Mac, because that's the one that's gonna give you the least trouble. And it's, I guess the most stable one, um, but always, if you want your app to work on like different platforms, just make sure to test like every single step. Like, as soon as you introduce a, a plugin that involves native code, or just like not even like, maybe just. As soon as you invo- introduce any block of new code or a pub dev package, test it on all like you know platforms, um, and, and yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you have to you know roll back, figure out what's what what went wrong. Yeah, it's good, good,
0: uh, good point. And also, yeah, be prepared to maybe switch over to beta or master mm-hmm. because there could be some stuff that's fixed. I think now it's probably better. Uh since these are somewhat more stable, right? Yeah. Cool. Um, but how about maybe a shout out? Like how can people get a hold of you and also like what is something that you wanted to push out to people because you wanted to push your, your apps, right?
1: Oh yeah, uh, totally. Um like um it would be really uh I would really appreciate it if uh, you can like um check out uh, the app I was working on with uh, my friend Alina and it's called Rivals and it it helps you like build habit It helps you sort of like bond with your friends uh, from doing things and um, uh, like you can also check out my my GitHub I guess I don't have like much stuff on it I I just have my configs but I love to share configs like dot files I believe that's in the description maybe i don't know i don't have the youtube thing open
0: okay and with that um yeah actually i actually mentioned i did see alina Chiu, right because i seen she wait until the channel on youtube yeah the name the name didn't look so yeah it didn't look so familiar so that's who that is okay that's your partner
1: right Right, yeah. I, I told her to like, oh, put on some links.
0: <laughs> cool. Well, I hope you guys' project goes well, and thanks for the tips for Flutter Desktop, because not a lot of people work with Flutter Desktop these days, actually. Most of still with web and mobile.
1: Uh, it was very nice to talk with you.
0: Yeah, thanks for, for coming on. Maybe I'll we'll have you back again in the future uh, about what's going on with you, because it seems like you have a big future ahead of yourself in Flutter. That's good to hear.
1: <laughs> Hopefully. Great, thank you. All right, have a great day.